0: to Lincoln Square Presbyterian Church. I'm glad that you can be here both in person and also those of us who are joining online. We want to welcome you. Let you know just a few quick announcements about things going on in the life of the church. First of all, today, Eric is actually sick, so there is no youth class today. You may have already heard about that or know about that. I just want to confirm that that there is no class today, youth class. The other thing is just briefly, uh, you know, if you are looking, our small group's, discipleship groups, different ways to get connected in the church, those have kicked off this this fall. And so if you're looking for a place like that, a place to, to, to be connected to, both in a small group or just even uh, a shorter discipleship Bible study option, um, email me. There's also some information just on the back of the bulletin that kind of give you a brief uh, just overlay of some of the options that, that are out there available to you. So... Again, um, uh, just email me, and I'll, I'll reach out, and we can connect you as you're able. Well, God calls us out of our places of rebellion and sin and brokenness, and he calls us in to be his covenant family. So as we join together in worship of him this morning, let's just take a few moments to prepare our hearts.
1: Good morning.
2: Our uh, call to worship this morning is from Psalm 98. If you'd stand with us, we'll join in singing.
0: Hand and His holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known His salvation. He has revealed His righteousness is in the sight of the nations. He has remembered His steadfast love and His faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth has has seen the salvation of our God.
2: Sing to the Lord a new.
0: A joyful noise to the lord all the earth break forth into joyous song and sing praises let the sea roar and all that fills it the world and those who dwell in it let the the rivers clap their hands let the hills sing for joy together before the lord for he comes to judge the earth he will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity
2: sing. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all underground is sinking sand. Both his covenant and his blood support me in the well and flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. On Christ the song in rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. He shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in Him be found. Dressed in His righteousness alone, Fallless to stand before the throne. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all the ground is sinking sand. You may be seated.
0: Let's pray together. Almighty God, you have called us out of our sin and wandering, out of our searching into your covenant family, to be your people and to worship you. And we come and worship this morning as we always do, the self-giving and the gracious invitation of your Son Jesus, Father, remind us again that our home, that our peace, that our security, that our flourishing is not tied up in all of the, the remedies of this world. And give us faith to believe that you are the calmer of the seas, that the water that you give, that it quenches the deeper longings of our soul. And Lord, may your perfect love, your love that is, is lavish and relentless, may it meet us as we come this morning. May it saturate our stress, our anxiety, our fear. May it meet us in all of the ways we we look to seize control or seek only our own interest. May it find us when we feel alone and even checked out. As we worship, Lord, as we hear your word, Father, remind us that we are your children and lead us into safe pastures away from the dangers of sin and death, away from the accusers, the deceivers voice, to find the rest and freedom we need in the life and the death, the resurrection, the ascension of Jesus. Father, all this we ask and pray in the name of Christ. Amen. Well now, we now turn to our time of confession, a time to acknowledge with God our sin and our need of him. And as we always do, we, we have a time of Uh, where we confess together as as a family and then have a time of quiet, personal confession. Almighty God, your word tells us that if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Yet if we confess our sins, you who are faithful and just will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Help us as we pray. Heavenly Father, your faithfulness is an enduring as the heavens. Your love for us has never changed, and you have never turned away from us because of our sin. But we confess that we have grown tired of putting up with each other and tired of waiting for you to wipe away every tear from our eyes. Forgive us for turning away from you to pursue things that will not satisfy us.
2: Save my guilty soul. Not what my toiling flesh has borne can make my spirit whole. Not what I feel or do can give me peace with God. Not all my prayers in sighs and tears. set my spirit free by grace alone, O oh God can we can pardon speak thy power alone, O oh Son of God in this sore bondage break no other works save thine. Strikes a which is divine, can bear me safely through.
0: Please take a moment of quiet, personal confession. Gracious God, we are thankful that you came to us in our weakness, in our greatest need of rescue, while we're still sinners, to be in our place, to raise us to new life, and we give thanks with joy in the name of Christ. Amen. We'll stand together to hear the words of assurance that come to us from Revelation 21. Please join me. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying,
1: The Old Testament lesson is from Isaiah 12, verses 1-6. through In that day you will say, I will praise you, Lord. Although you are angry with me, your anger has turned away, and you have comforted me. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself, is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. In that day you will say, give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done, and proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things. Let this be known to all the world. Shout aloud and sing for joy, people of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel among you. The New Testament lesson is from 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands, and his commands are not burdensome, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the word of the Lord.
0: This fall we have been working our way through uh, the Gospel of John. And one of the themes, a marker in John's Gospel, is the word hour. It is always pointing forward to the death of Jesus. In other words, Jesus' hour is the hour of his dying. I say all that because this fall we've been working our way through a section in John's Gospel, chapters 13 through 17, that all take place at Jesus' hour, as Jesus' hour has arrived. I mean, this is the night before his death. But if we read closely, John will show us that in the shadow of death, in the dawn of its rising, that of the eight times that Jesus, that Jesus talks of joy in this gospel, seven of them happen on this night before his death. It's as if the closer Jesus gets to his own death, the closer that God's people are to experience real joy. In our passage this morning, it will hold for us that, that through death, that through the self-giving love of God, Working in the person of Jesus, new life will emerge. And what's the nature and the character and the beauty of that life? Well, let's turn together to our passage to John 15, verses 9 through 17. Let me read this for us. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. These things I command you so that you will love one another. Well, this is God's word. It's given for our good. Let me pray for us. Father, we ask now that, that as we take in this teaching that Jesus gave us, that we would find it to be the wisdom from on high, that it would meet us in whatever place we find ourselves this morning, open our hearts to you, and change us by the grace of Christ. We ask This in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to begin our time this morning by talking about Frankenstein. (laughs) If you're familiar with the story, the original story, it's probably because you have read the, the classic work by Mary Shelley or you have seen one of the several films inspired by her work. But in the story, there is this scene where the monster, the Frankenstein monster, lurches into a cottage in the middle of the forest. And there, is only, and there is only one person living in that cottage, an old, poor, blind man. And when the blind man comes to the door to meet the monster, he isn't afraid because, because he can't see him. <laughs> but he does sense that he can't speak. And so he says to the monster, are we both afflicted? I cannot see you and you cannot speak. Maybe we, maybe we could be friends. <laughs> and the man invites the monster inside, offering hospitality, constantly calling him his friend. And, a, and at a certain point in the story, the blind man, he kneels down next to the monster and he begins to pray. And he prays this prayer. He says, Father, I thank you That in thy great mercy, thou hast taken pity on my great loneliness. And now, out of the silence of the night, has brought two of thy lonely children together. And has sent me a friend to be a light to my eyes and a comfort in my time of trouble. Amen. (laughs) Well, after the prayer, the man breaks down and he cries, full of gratitude. It's a beautiful scene, and the monster sees this, and he he sheds a tear, and he puts his arm around his friend to console him. It's a powerful scene, especially because we know, (laughs) we feel the hate and contempt of the villagers looking to chase the monster down, to kill him. But friends, nothing, nothing is more humanizing, nothing is more life-changing than love, than kindness than friendship and it's this reality that that fills up it fills up our text this morning i mean listen to jesus's words as the father has loved me so have i loved you abide in my love I mean, these are striking words right god the father and jesus's love is so complete so perfect so unmoved and unflinching And Jesus, he wants to bring his disciples, he wants to bring you and me front and center with this reality, right? The reality that in Christ, God is always for you, for your good, for your well-being, for your flourishing, and his love is ever-present and lavish. And for the disciples, for you and me, it's this kind of love that invites an uncomfortable intimacy, exposing the imperfections all of the lustful appetites, all the ways we posture for power and control, all the tools of of cursing and shame we deploy so that, that we would never experience how actually lonely and empty and powerless life can be. But the love of God in Christ, it invites us back into relationship, a home to abide in, to find our rest, Greeted not with condemnation, but with welcome and kindness and friendship. And let's be honest, it can take a lot for us to be comfortable, to be at home with this level of love and kindness. Right? The idea of it sounds amazing, right? To dream of connection, to have freedom from burdens, expectations from cursing, to actually maybe even serve and experience rest and not feel overwhelmed or Consumed by the world and those around you, right? These big ideas that fill up our hope as they descend closer to our everyday flesh and blood reality can seem a fantasy. Perhaps we may even feel like monsters holding the shame of rejection or that you don't fit in with those around you. You... You have been wounded by the wickedness that came for you. You may even be really good at running and hiding and protecting so that it doesn't find you still. But I want you to know that God is not a blind man. <laughs> he sees how sin and death has come for you, He sees how it has bound your heart with shame and with contempt with cursing he sees how maybe even how monstrous and ugly you may feel about yourself or that you may experience in your life so God in Christ has prepared a place a home abiding in his love it is a place of rest to take in the surprise of God's mercy that meets us in the darkness and that calls us friends So Jesus invites us to make our home, to abide in his love, and he he leans into this further when he says, if you you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. And what are the commandments? Well, Jesus condenses it down. (laughs) He says in verse 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. So all of the commands and the commandments from God, Jesus narrows the focus you know the 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 way that i have loved you you love people in the same way i mean these words they play out at other points and another point in jesus's life Um, for instance in matthew chapter 22 someone comes to jesus trying to justify himself trying to prove his worth so he comes to jesus and he says what is the greatest commandment right there are so many of them but jesus if i were to pick one to focus my energy on, which is it? And Jesus responds, this is the first and the greatest commandment. Love God with every part of your being. And then Jesus sneaks in this other part. (laughs) And then love your neighbor as you would love yourself. There's there's really only one command. Yes, in two two directions, right? To It's a command to love God and then to love others. But Jesus is saying that if you really love God, then it will play out in your love for other people. But notice what else Jesus is saying here. Not just what the command is, but how to go about keeping that command. Love one another as I have loved you. I mean, Jesus heads off any half-hearted, easy, reduced, or simplistic understanding and application of his command, right? On the one hand, it is condensed, it is clear and focused, but on the other hand, it is grand and elevated beyond merely our own doing, our own efforts. So how does Jesus actually love? What does that look like? Well, first, Jesus loves without conditions. Not to love unconditionally does not mean to love indiscriminately. It means there is no resume, no achievement, no moral rightness of of your own doing, no belonging to the right tribe of people, no political affiliation, right? It means to love someone not because they have an inherent worthiness or loveliness inside of them at any particular moment. It means to love with no strings attached to love because of, of, of not what you get out of it, but, but simply because that person is themselves. It is a love that seeks to love, to, to, to enjoy, to delight in that person as themselves, not for what they give or that they bring you. So Jesus loves unconditionally, but he also loves truthfully. He love always honors the real ways that people relate to one another. Sometimes that is easy, especially when, we ha- when you have received real and genuine love. But sometimes loving someone is about sharing the real and honest impact that someone's actions has, have brought heartache or wounding or division or sadness or rupture in that relationship. The truthfulness of love can often require immense courage, especially when, we, when, when one may encounter rejection or defensiveness or loneliness, or even worse, further wounding. But truthful love is not a revenge tour. It's not, a, it's not to rage or to punish, but it is a desire, a desire for reconciliation, a desire for reconnection to see clearly the brokenness so that the relationship can move in a different direction honoring what is true in a relationship both holds the reality of the division while embodying a kindness towards them in the sharing so Jesus love without conditions and truthful but Jesus love is also it's committed it does not give up when the going gets tough. <laughs> this is the love that would see itself all the way to the cross. And right this night for Jesus, the night before his death, is full of betrayers and deniers and cowards and fools. But Jesus knows this. It doesn't come as a surprise to him. Right, Committed love, it stays the course even in the hardest moments of life even when acting loving towards that person is the last thing in the world that you feel like doing. And you know, there, uh, there's this great example of this committed love in the book of Ruth. Ruth and Naomi have experienced incredible hardship and trouble in their life. And at one point, at the beginning of the story, Naomi says to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, right, Ruth, why don't you go back home you know, I'm, I'm going to go back to my homeland. And if you come with me, you're going to be a, a, an ethnic outsider. There's going to be all kinds of challenges that you're going to face. Why don't you return to your people, your Moabite people? Go home. You will have the prospect of a much happier life if you return. Now, Naomi is being selfless, looking out for the good of her daughter-in-law. But in that moment, Ruth says back to Naomi, she says, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God will be my my God. It's a beautiful picture of a deep, committed love. Jesus' love unconditional, it's truthful, it's committed, and lastly, it is sacrificial. Right? His love is always saying to you and to me, not your life for mine, but my life for yours. Is a love that is asking in a big and small ways, how do I put the good of others ahead of my own? Now here's the thing. When all of this love comes together, <laughs> love without conditions, love that is committed, love. That is truthful and sacrificial, when all of that love comes together, what do you have? (laughs) You have a description of radiant and beautiful friendship. I mean, who doesn't want that in their life? To have friends like this and to be a friend like this in someone's life, right? This is what Jesus is getting at in verse 15. He says, no longer do I call you servants, I have called you friends. I mean, this is the kind of love experienced among friends. And this is the love that Jesus is showing to us. A friend is someone who loves you just because, of, just because you are you, right? A friend is someone who loves enough to, stay, to say hard and honest things to you. A friend is loyal and committed to you to the very end. And a friend is someone, when it is needed, will give up their needs, their comforts, Someone who's willing to pay the cost for your sake. And notice what Jesus is saying, that, that this kind of love, it, it does not necessarily mean that you become best friends with every person. I mean, that's impossible, it's unrealistic, right? It's completely exhausting, right, to do that. But, but what Jesus is saying, on the one hand, there probably needs to be a couple people in your life that are loving you like this, that you are loving them like this, this deep, committed friendship, Right? And I say that knowing that friendship is really hard. It's hard to find and really hard to sustain. But on the other hand, Jesus is saying that this kind of love is meant to characterize my followers in this world. This is what you should be known for. The thing that should mark you, the thing that should identify you in your communities, in your neighborhoods, in your homes. That you would be known for your unconditional, truthful, committed, sacrificial love. And so it's on this night, the shadow of his death, Jesus invites his disciples, he invites you and me into a a disruptive, penetrating reflection. Is this me? And the good news for his disciples, the good news for us this morning is that Jesus isn't stirring and disrupting to leave us helpless and despairing that we, that we fail to love this way. Rather, it is our failure, <laughs> it's, our, it's our need, our weakness that opens up the path for us to discover the love of God bearing down on us. Greater love has no one than this. Jesus laying down his life for his friends. It is this grace of God calling towards the ugly and broken monsters in us, right? Bringing us close, choosing us, his friends. He does this, as he says in our text, so that his resurrection joy may be in you, so that it may be in me, filled up and overflowing amen. We pray for us. Father, we thank you for these words in our text and give us ears to hear and by your spirit, Father, to receive and to take your words of life, to be changed by them, bearing the fruit of your love in our world. We pray, we ask this in Jesus' name, amen.
2: I invite you to stand as we respond with singing. Praise.
0: almighty and eternal god you have revealed yourself as father son and holy spirit and live and reign in the perfect unity of love we rejoice in your eternal glory as we join with your people on earth and all the company of heaven in the unending hymn table that we are invited to today is good for us to hear again that, that that it was set for some very unlikely people. <laughs> Betrayers, deniers, cowards, and fools. I mean, the thing about this table that we come to today, the thing that, that we need to hear is that this table is spread out for the same kinds of people. This meal is not a meal for the worthy, it is a meal for people who need to be rescued. Betrayers, deniers, cowards, these are the ones sitting at the table with Jesus. And friends, there is not one detail of this, that, that there is not one detail of their flaws, one intricacy of their sense that was unknown to Jesus. None of it, absolutely none of it was surprising to him. But the absurdity of the story is that will take hold of you if, if we take it in, right, is that Jesus does not abandon them in this moment. He doesn't get unhinged and yell at them. He doesn't say, you know, just get out of here. I don't need you anymore. He doesn't curse them. Instead, he lays out a feast for them. And he gives them everything. Everything. He says, I'm going to rescue you in the very place of your shame, the perfect ransom in our place, forgiven and made whole. And Jesus, he took that bread and and he took the cup and he gave it to them and he gives it to us this morning when we come with the open hands of faith, knowing that in Christ alone can we find rescue, can we find life. So if you believe that this morning, then come and eat and drink. If you have your communion cups, um, feel free to begin to, to open those now. If you need one, just raise your hand and someone can bring that along to you. Thanks, Josh. Let me pray for us as we wait for the additional. Father, thank you for this table. We pray that you would set it apart from a common use to a sacred and holy one. That you would um, and by your spirit, you would meet us and nourish us in our faith, bread and wine. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, on the night that he was betrayed after giving thanks, Jesus broke the bread, saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. For as often as you drink it, do so in remembrance of me. For as often as we eat this bread and we drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Christ's body was broken to make us whole. Let us eat in faith. Christ's blood was shed to cover all of our sins, let us drink in faith. Let me pray. Father, we are thankful, we are thankful that you have given your life for ours, that you have loved us even to the point of death, even going into death to be in our place so that we can find new life in you. We give thanks in Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's stand together to respond. We're going to respond with a prayer and then with uh, a song um, to our table. Let's join together. Lord Jesus Christ, you have taught us that love is shown by serving others. Give us wisdom and courage to tell our neighbors about your death and resurrection, and give us grace to love and to serve even those with whom we disagree. Help us to trust your promise and to make all things new as we proclaim the mystery of faith.
2: Christ has died. Christ, is risen. Christ will
0: we continue our worship through our giving, I just wanted to say that there is an offering plate in the back. There's also some options online if you'd like to give to the mission and the work of the church. Let's let's join together for our doxology.
2: Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him all creatures here.
0: now God's blessing. Now may the love of God the Father and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Go in peace.